Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson. Today's going to be a little bit different. Austin is not joining me. He's uh, sick today, so keep him in your thoughts. But I want to talk about grief. And grief is obviously a heavy topic. Um, It's not something that anyone is thrilled to experience, but it's something that is universal. We all experience grief, some more than others, but throughout the duration of our life, grief is something that we're all going to go through. And I think it's helpful maybe to start off by giving a brief definition of what we're talking about when we talk about grief. Um, Because when I think of grief, grief is this sense of deep sorrow, usually coming from some sort of great loss. Um, There's always a loss associated with grief. And these are marked by the difficult moments of life. Right, The things that we go through that are hard, um, it could be a loved one that we lose. It could be the most painful things in our lives, whether it's <clears throat> the loss of a, a child, the loss of a family member, um, a friend. Um, in the recovery community, um, you know, one thing that we've experienced a lot in the last several years, especially with fentanyl, is there's been a lot of death. There's been a lot of people that have left sooner than we would have hoped, right? And even more so, um, just the loss of loved ones. And then there's other losses that I think some people feel maybe, unfortunately, sometimes guilty to admit because the other losses maybe seem larger in comparison. But I think one thing I want to bring up today is it's often not helpful to compare grief Because at the end of the day, grief is grief. And some people go through the grief of losing a job, um, disappointment in interpersonal relationships. Uh, Maybe a close friend betrayed you. Uh, Someone let you down that you cared about. You had a project that you'd spent a lot of time working towards and it never came to fruition. Maybe someone's going through the loss of, of career and in financial crisis or or just, or just any sort of thing that we expected, that we built up, that we we built our life around in some way, shape, or form, and it just doesn't go the way that we want it to go. Um, these are difficult matters, and you know, there's, you know, you've probably heard right. People talk about these stages of grief, and they're typically talked about in five stages, and I'll just bring those up briefly. Um, typically when we're going through grief, there's this stage of denial, just shocked, right? By what we're experiencing, overwhelmed maybe by, by the level of pain and loss that is showing up in the moment. Um, and so there's just a sense of this isn't happening. This isn't real. And so denial is a part of the grieving process. Um, there's anger that shows up. Because obviously these things happen that are very hard and very painful and it makes us angry. It makes us angry that things weren't different, that we have to endure and go through the thing that we're experiencing. Another aspect of grief is bargaining, you know, and it's in this process of bargaining when we're almost 
maybe talking to God, talking to ourselves, but we're replaying the situation over and over again and thinking of things that we should have done different. Maybe we're thinking of things that we're going to do different now. But it sometimes looks like we're in that feedback loop of just ruminating on things that we can't control um, from the past that we wish we would have done differently. Fourthly, uh, depression. Just when we start to realize and experience the void, um, the loss, maybe we've been in it for some time and it just really starts to set in and the waves of emotion can be, yeah, it can, it can feel like you're drowning at times. It, it's hard. It's hard's not even the right word, right? It's, it's, um, it's intense. And lastly, the fifth stage of grief is what might be called acceptance. And by acceptance, I don't mean that everything is better again or everything's what it was, but rather we get to a point where we in some way, shape or form come to terms with what's happened and begin to move forward. And maybe that means walking with a limp uh, figuratively or, or actually depending on what you go through. But just just the sense that I'm I'm coming to terms with what's happened and the loss that I've experienced. And I want to be really clear here. I mean, this goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. I'm not speaking about this today as an expert. Like there's situations I haven't experienced. But there are griefs I have experienced in in the short amount of time that we're ruminating on this now. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to give off the impression that, that we're going to speak about grief in any sort of like all encompassing way. Um, this is such a big topic, a broad topic. Um, if I were to bring 10 different people in to talk about this, they would each probably share surely different, a different kind of experience and be able to offer a different angle of wisdom. All I want to do here today is hopefully bring up some thoughts and considerations that Whenever we find ourselves in, a, in, a, in grief, or maybe if you're in grief, some things to hopefully be encouraged by and be able to, to marinate on. But before we move any further, I wanted to read a passage in Isaiah 53 in the Old Testament, because it just, there's, there's a lot of these passages throughout the Bible, but this one is one that reorients us and, and really, I think, outlines the reality that the God of the Bible is a God who um, experienced loss and suffering. Isaiah 53, 3 and 4 says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. You know, for anyone who's hearing that for the first time, this, this passage was written hundreds of years before Jesus showed up. But this is a foreshadowing of Jesus' experience on earth um, as he faced rejection and a lot of loss 
and suffering and pain and ultimately right an unjust death by um by the worst kind of torture mechanism of the day which was and arguably in history which was crucifixion but the reality that i i want to just point out there is that god god has experienced grief god has experienced loss and so we have a god in jesus who has experienced things that we have experienced i mean even if you've lost like the worst loss i can think of is the loss of a child and at least for me when i imagine it even god if you think about it god if when we believe about the triune god father son and spirit that god himself experienced a loss of a child in jesus and jesus experienced unjust pain and suffering so that others could have life and often we we look at that story and we focus on the good but i think it's important when we're talking about grief to notice that there was pain there that there was loss there that god himself endured the same sufferings and pains that we do I think there's something to that that hopefully is comforting. Because at the end of the day what that means is God understands you. Like I can't honestly say that I understand you because I haven't experienced all that you've experienced, but God understands. God empathizes with you. God has been where you are. And I think that's why the God of the Bible is so powerful in this way because we can we can know that we are not alone. That we that ultimately we follow after this suffering servant who models this way of amazing robust love that endured a lot of pain for our good. And so again, I think that's just that's a point to to ponder on and hopefully find solace in 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 maybe the darker and harder moments of life. You're not alone. That God has gone before you. God has suffered as well. That God is with you. He is this man of sorrows. He's acquainted with grief. One from whom men hid their faces. He was despised although he was the son of God. And so you're not alone. And many of us when we go through grief, there's you know, the, I don't want to I don't want to simplify it too much, but I think there's those of us that we have a predisposition to to be thinkers and then there's others that have a predisposition to be more feelers and the reality is we have to we have to try to do both well in our grief but there's going to be some that that maybe don't look like they're grieving because it's not really outward but they're a thinker and so they're trying to process what they're going through or or they're just trying to move forward intellectually and have and have a really hard time um dealing with their grief emotionally 
And then there's, there's others that are the opposite that are feelers that are deep feelers and are processing their grief emotionally, maybe not as much intellectually or cognitively, but, but they're, but they're, they're processing it very viscerally in their bodies and, and in their emotions. And, and I want to be clear, neither is right or wrong. That's not the point here. The point is, is that we all process things differently. And it's helpful to know maybe where someone is at in their, in their experience of grief. Cause some people are going to be quieter. Some people are going to be more apt to share their feelings. And I think what happens sometimes is that the thinkers can tend to be overlooked because people assume maybe that they're okay. But in reality, they're just not sharing maybe some of their, their deep sense of loss outwardly as much. And so anybody who's experiencing immense loss, they're going to be experiencing it and, and it's not going to be fun. And I think they need support and encouragement and just all, honestly, just presence, um, your presence, just being with, but it's going to look different because the thinker, right? If I'm, if I'm the thinker and I'm going through grief, like I've got to, I've got to find a way to face my thoughts and to face myself. And um, this is not something that has to be done alone. And so being able to somehow tolerate and have the courage to let people in to my grief and to my, my struggle is going to be important. Because again, um, in the context of even this podcast, as, as we think about being relationally healthy, um, surely there's things we want to process ourselves, but but if we're going to be healthy, we shouldn't we shouldn't have to do that whole process by ourselves. Like we need others, we need others to to be with us. I'm not saying they're going to understand fully or they're going to fix it. That's it's obviously unrealistic. But to have others that we can lean on and and be able to um, shoulder and carry some of those burdens with us is, is, is critical. And if we're more of a feeler, I think one of the big invitations is to, to give yourself permission to like feel as much of, as much of it as you can tolerate, because obviously depending on what loss you're experiencing, some of these feelings can, can be overwhelming. But numbing ourselves or ignoring or denying ourselves the ability to feel isn't going to end well either. And so how can I surround myself with healthy people so that I can feel as much as I can tolerate to allow myself to be honest about the experience that I'm that I'm in? Right. Because if you go through something hard, guess what a, a, a reasonable response is like. If you're going through something hard, right? You're going to have a you're going to have a hard response. It's not going to be like perfect and 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 amazing all the time. Because life isn't always up and to the right. Like we go through loss. We go through hard things. And I think the goal of anybody is to be able to learn to do hard things well. And grief being one of them. And obviously that's easier said than done. I don't do this perfectly. I don't know anyone who does this perfectly. And we're not talking about perfection on this podcast. We're talking about hopefully we're aiming towards progress. How do we, how do we, how do we continue to grow to be, you know, as healthy as we can be? And so just a few pointers. Again, none of this is all encompassing, but a few things that I wanted to just point out 
first of all, I got five things I wrote down, but first of all, just acknowledging the reality that grief is normal. Grief is normal. We all experience loss. And unfortunately, when it's our time to struggle, it can feel so lonely, right? It can feel so lonely because when we're in it, rarely is someone else in it exactly in the same way we are. And maybe that's never true. Um, and I think it can feel so lonely in those moments, right? But I think what we have to remember is everyone goes through pain. Everyone has grieved or is grieving at some point in their life. We all experience loss. And so if you're in, if you're in that moment and you feel really alone, I think it's just important to remind ourselves that, yeah, I may not have someone in my immediate circle that's going through the same thing I am in this moment, but they've all experienced loss. And how can I let them in? And how, how can I let them, um, be with me through this time? How can I be my full self and, um, and that doesn't mean be healthy, but, but wherever I'm at in that grieving process, maybe I'm angry and it's like, I just need to process that anger. I need to like say some angry things. And that's sometimes a part of healing is to be where we are and let ourselves be there, but not feel like we have to be alone. So just remember grief is, is unfortunately normal. Um, that's not to minimize what you're going through, but it's to say, we're all going to go through stuff. And that's an opportunity for us to help one another when we do go through it. Secondly, grief is powerful. Like these emotions are incredibly powerful. And I think we just have to know that. We have to know that that our bodies and our minds are going to go to places that are pretty extreme when we are in grief. Because we're talking about immense loss, right? And when you face immense loss, your body and your mind is going to react in exaggerated ways at times. And so we've got to know that and we've got to hopefully have some healthy people in our life that can that can be an anchor for us because it might feel like you know a metaphor it might feel like you're in the ocean just being tossed by all of these huge waves of emotion of loss of of you know depression or anger or or guilt or shame there's just these feelings that can that can feel like you know overwhelming to have some healthy people around us that can be an anchor that can be, that can just sit, not, not, not fixers, not people that come around and try to fix us, but people that can be with and be a firm, steady foundation in the midst of our storm is important. And just that in the midst of those powerful emotions and those powerful moments, we can show up to them the best we can because the tendency for all of us, right? Is to, is, it's that whole fight or flight thing. When we have these overwhelming negative experiences, one of the ways we try to protect ourselves is to run away. And for those of us in the recovery community, sometimes what that looks like 
is to run away into unhelpful behaviors, which for some is, you know, maybe it's um, drugs or alcohol or so on and so forth. I'm just using that as one example. I'm not saying everyone does that or you do that, but I'm saying that can be a way, right, to self-soothe, to try to, to try to just make these feelings go away because they're so powerful. But if we want to get through it, and we've got to have a strong support system around us and we've got to, we got to allow ourselves to feel because there's a lot we can learn from those feelings. There's a lot we can learn from, from, from that experience, even though it may be incredibly tragic and incredibly hard. Um, thirdly, I think it's important just to acknowledge because, and this is directly related to, um, the process, you know, the, the process of guilt, when we think about the five stages, there's bargaining, right? And in bargaining, we're, we're, we're ruminating over what happened and we're feeling guilty. And we're thinking about, man, what if I could have done something different? What if I could have intervened in this way or that way? And I think the third point I want to make is, listen, there is a lot we cannot control in this life. And friend, you just need to know that and you need to hear that. There is a lot that you and I cannot control in this life. And when we're in, when we're in overwhelming grief, part of what we go through is we try to figure out what I can, like, what, can I control it? Can I control it? What if I could have controlled what happened more? If I just would have done X, everything would be different. And the reality is I don't want to judge you because I totally get that. We all struggle with that. But there is a lot in this life we cannot control. And I would just encourage you that it's better to focus on what you can do rather than what we have no control over. Because when we're in that, that storm of, 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 of grief, it can be, it can be tough ruminating on all the things that we have no control over. And, and that just, I just feel like it often just furthers, right? The, the pit of despair that we can get into. And again, my encouragement is just to focus on what you can do rather than the things that you can't. Um, fourthly, you know, I would just, I would just encourage you to, to aim to, we, we want to aim our longing um, towards something productive we want to aim our longing towards something productive. And this is, this is, um, kind of aimed at the fourth stage of guilt, of grief, which is depression. Because when we finally start to come to terms with what happened, like just starting to write, it can, it can feel overwhelming. Oh my gosh, they're gone. Or oh my gosh, I, I lost that job and, and it's over. Or oh my God, you know, it's like, it can be depressing because we long for what was, right? We long for what was. We're facing major loss. And so I think the fourth thing I'm saying is, how can we aim our longing towards something productive? Right? Because that sense of loss can be so overwhelming. So we want to try to aim that longing towards something productive. How can I take this negative, this negative thing and try to do something that would be would be productive that would serve the greater good or be good for my own soul or be good for the other people close to me that love me and then fifthly 
I just think it's important to recognize, like, I can't be anywhere other than where I am. I can't be anywhere other than where I am. You know, we, we often, I mean, we especially, I just think all of us, I don't know that it's any particular group, but we, we can judge ourselves in these moments because we're like, you know, I should be this way or I should be that way or I should be stronger or I should be sadder or whatever. But the reality is, I think one of the ways forward is just to realize that I can't be anywhere other than where I am and just learn to embrace the journey that I'm on. And especially if it's the loss of a person, um, when I get into that acceptance mode where, hey, life may never be the same, but here's where I am, that I can keep the memories of my loved one alive. I can keep those good memories alive. I can honor the people and things that I've lost. So again, in summary, it's just remembering one, that grief is normal. Two, that grief is powerful. Three, that there's a lot we cannot control in this life. That four, in the overwhelming waves of difficult emotions, because I'm longing the things that I've lost, how can I aim that longing towards something productive? And then fifthly, just realizing that I can't be anywhere other than where I am. So how can I learn to embrace the journey, embrace the journey that I'm on? Because when we experience, again, as we kind of bring this to a close, when we experience immense loss, sometimes life can just feel like it's too much. It can feel like it's too much. I mean, often what I've heard and what I've even said, I think in moments where I'm overwhelmed by a sense of loss because of, because of something really hard that's happened is I'll be like, I have this feeling of just like, why, why do all this work or why, why put in all this effort? I mean, it just doesn't seem worth it, especially in those moments we're experiencing negativity. But, I, but I think what I would want to be encouraged by and what I want to encourage you with is try not to compound the pain because sometimes we'll self-sabotage in those moments and we'll, um, we'll start to do behaviors that are only going to heap on the pain. And it's like, if we're already going through pain, just adding more pain isn't going to help me or you or anybody, right? We can end up hurting ourselves more because, because it doesn't seem worth it or because we can feel guilty to move forward. Sometimes we feel guilty to move on. And, but again, this only keeps, right? It only heaps more pain on the current pain. And I just, I don't believe that is the way forward. And so can I surround myself with healthy people who love me and can hold my grief and allow me to go through this experience and push me to press forward, fully alive, fully awake? And I know this is hard. And by God's grace, obviously our prayers that we may endure through life's ultimate pains. And so again, I hope this was encouraging. By no means was it meant to be um, all-encompassing. But as we go through grief, as we go through loss, remember that we have a God who has experienced what we've experienced, who has endured immense suffering, and who loves us and who is with us through it all. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. 
We'll be back soon with a, with a new conversation. We'll see you then.